This is the SFF Audio Podcast. Hi, I'm Jesse. Hi, I'm Jenny. Hi, I'm Tomohome. And we're going to talk about This Perfect Day, a novel by Ira Levin that came out in 1970. And, uh... I, I, I had read an abridged version of this before, and uh, this one has a lot more swearing in it, but it's not like swearing I remembered. <laughs> um, you guys I didn't have notice swearing. <laughs> <laughs> well, fight you. <laughs> What's your fighting yeah. language? <laughs> you, you'd never even heard of this book before, is that right? Mm-mm. No. Uh, I didn't even know, Tam, you were going to do do the show. What... Uh, what what did you think? You just finished it like a minute ago. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was uh, pretty exciting, actually. It's, it, it's I'm surprised it isn't better known. Yeah. Or better I mean, it seems l- a lot like uh, Hunger Games, those kind kinds of books. Yeah, I I I think it's it's like that with fewer fashion shows and and uh, and it's it's it seems a more epic, you know. Do you want to tell people it, what it's about? Yeah. Oh, well, but why don't you tell us what it's about? Oh, I hate summarizing. I'm really bad at summarizing. Well, you know, why don't you? Uh, there's a guy, and... <laughs> his name is Lie. His name is Lie, but his grandfather refers to him as Chip. And he lives in a society that has made itself as um, homogeneous as possible. Everyone gets medicated for mood and birth control and numbness um so that they can have a very pleasant society everyone works no one questions what they do or what they're being told everyone dies at the age of 62 which they're told is the right way to die but then one day chip's grandfather hints to him that there are other things and that he should think about thinking for himself and he has to think about those things near the right before his treatment so that he will be able to think about them because mm-hmm. treatments uh aren't just for you know vaccines and stuff they're also for for um uh, yeah well, tranquilizers basically right in fact this is uh, reminds me like it could almost be set in the same world just maybe a couple hundred years later of uh brave new world oh yeah it's like soma you totally like Soma, and and also like Soma, uh, like Brave New World. They've got these, uh, you know, out in the out in the wilderness. There's the the people who are not in the community. Yeah. And uh, in in this novel, they're called the Incurables. That's right. Um, but they called them the Savages, I guess. In the in the other uh, in Brave New World, mm-hmm. one of the one of the differences though is that in Brave New World, it's very stratified, and in this. Uh, it's probably, I mean, at least m- for most of the novel, it's probably the most um, flat in terms of there is no, at least people don't perceive there being levels of, of you know, who's a higher class person in society. If you're a janitor and there's someone else who's a med tech or, you know, whatever, basically you're equal and you have equal uh, call to completely like completely equal to call to use all all the society's goods and such like uh i don't know um 
Well, you don't really have any needs or wants because you don't think. Well, you do. Very much. <laughs> you do. I mean, they do. Right. It's, sex once a week. <laughs> yeah, sex once a week. And, you know, you they have like Marksmas, which I assume is in the middle of July, mm-hmm. Christmas, which in December, and they go on holidays, right? They Sure. They, you can fly around the world for free, right? You just go claim it. Mm-hmm. If you're if you if you like drawing, you can go claim a book of uh, charcoal uh, charcoal pencil and 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 the computer knows everything. And w- one of the interesting things I was re-listening to it uh, that comes up early is that the computer is actually shaping the little boy of Lee um, when he he wants to play with his toy and. Um, he goes to claim his toy uh, again, and the computer says, no, nope, you can't have it. And he's like, why? It's not fair. Well, it turns out that he was playing with the scanner. Like, he's running his, his link over the scanner over and over again. Um, and so the computer was punishing him by not allowing him to do that, saying, you know, you can't have what you don't want. It sort of tra- it trains the society. And although it's it's the it's so silent, the computer's so silent, it is is really it is the only it's like a dictator over the society. Right. It's controlling by giving a semblance of control to it's, the people in it. Like you you don't really get a choice, but you can choose between these two things. <laughs> and we spend so much time in in this book, uh just living in the society with the character. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I really got a good sense of what it would be like to live there. You know, I I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it reminded me of um, We. Oh yeah, by Zamyatin. I mean, the way that the society works and how it's so efficient and um, just kind of works like clockwork. And then when things go off kilter, there are things in place to put it back on track. Mm-hmm. No friction, right? Right. <laughs> Top speed, no friction. I was hoping Uni would talk at the end. Hmm. Well, I think that's it's it's interesting that Uni doesn't ever talk, but it is active, right? It is participating in in it is running the world. Well, I guess Way controls Weenie and Way talks at the end. Hmm. Well, it sounds like like that. Uh, there's. What what did you you just finished it a few minutes ago, right, Tam? You were yeah. saying you were saying uh, uh, who's way? <laughs> and then, well, well, they they keep saying Christ, Marx, Wood, and Way over and over again. Right, like, right. Who's Wood? Who's Way? It's the 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 founders of the society. But are they real? Are they all real people? Well, Christ and Marx are. Marx is Karl Marx, and Christ is Jesus Christ. Wood, I think we we have to assume is someone in between uh, Marx and Way, mm-hmm. um, and his name is probably Bob, because oh, it's, like, it's like on Star Trek where they list like scientists throughout history. Exactly, and they make up the yeah. last ones, and then they make up like two Vulcan Vulcan philosophers or something, right after they go through Einstein or something, right? Yeah. Um, exactly. So. Uh, that that's what's going on there but it's interesting one of the symbols of the society is is a uh a um a cross and a sickle instead of a hammer and a sickle 
which is completely, you know, like hmm. it's, it's huh. completely not what you expect. This is, it's not really a communist, uh, uh, dystopia or utopia exactly, but it certainly, it, it functions like a command economy with a, with, you know, nobody owns anything, including their own bodies. Um, so it is, it is like a, a communist takeover the, of the entire planet, but it isn't, it isn't, um, it isn't completely secular, although what they, they don't spend a lot of time praying, you know, except to uni, which is interesting. So it's like they, they have a lot of, they have movies or TV shows about Marx every year about him writing. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's weird. Right. But the religion's more like political doctrine than like yeah. a spiritual belief. I don't think there was anything about spirituality in this. No, not at all. Um, so when, when, when we got to that scene where they are just about to blow up uni, what did you, th- were you surprised, Tam? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, uh, he also wrote Rosemary's Baby and, uh, The Stepford Wives, which are two kind of, uh, horror stories. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't completely sure that, uh, the good guy would win in the end. So, oh, yeah. but isn't that a good question? Is he a good guy? Yeah, it's a very good question. Well, what do you think? What do you? Th- <laughs> I I think Jenny has something to say about this. Well, you know, there is a rape scene in this book that yeah. really bothers me. But really bothersome. Yeah, I've been thinking about it a lot, and it's not that I think it's ever justified. In fact, that paragraph feels really out of place. Like he just really wanted to write it, and then if you look at the plot for Rosemary's Baby, it's similar, right? The man makes a deal his wife gets raped by satan and then in the end they convince her to raise the child you know so similar to this where the woman that gets raped she's like oh that's okay and then they get married and everything's fine it's like whatever but it is also our first clue that our so-called hero may not actually be a good person Mm -hmm. and then later on he commands everyone that's going to rebel with him. They have to follow him. Absolutely. (laughs) They can't go off on their own. They can't contradict him. And so you kind of have to wonder after he blows everything up, what's going to happen. There's a, there's a a scene near the end there where he's talking to way. Well, there's a couple of scenes there, but one they're at a dinner party and we never get inside the character's head at the, during that, those later scenes. We, we just, we have to interpret what, what's going on by what's being shown. And one of the things that happens is he's looking at Wei eating the food mm. and he just keeps seeing the food leaving the plate, going into his mouth and being chewed a few times. And then the fork goes down, the fork picks up a new piece of food and Wei's talking the whole time. Um, that focus on the food. It's it, it, it almost seemed like he was full of like a seething anger towards this guy. Mm-hmm. And and you know what when the reveal happens, right? They're being marched in hands up on their heads whatever it is. And they see this is they see this group of uh people who are sort of abnormal, the high programmers. Um and they're clapping and they're saying what a wonderful job you've done coming to take over this is come you know destroy the computer um that turn where suddenly they're not uh antagonists but they're part of the system hmm. that is so evil right it makes you feel like some something weird's going on and 
and you see all the like the go- the gold fixtures on the toilets and and uh, you know they all wear silk, right? And you think, oh my god, it's a lie. This whole society's a lie. Hmm. Um, but it's one that's it's it's good because um, the people who who it's like a meritocracy is supposed to be. But yeah, he is. It it, it is. It feels like he's not really the hero anymore after a certain point. When right. he, he, I mean, he's carrying that gun, forcing her to, uh, to come with him. She doesn't want to come with him. She's drugged, he says. But there is this thing going on in the background of this book that maybe they really are sick. Because w- what is the what is the society about? Except it's it's about trying to make everything peaceful, right? right. No fighting. Fight is the evil word, not fuck. Fuck is a nice word. Right. There's a part where his advisor when he first admits to his his, you know quote-unquote sickness of thinking for himself Mm -hmm. and he's trying to tell his advisor you're not free you're not free you're not free and he says of course we're free we're free of war and want and Mm -hmm. hunger free of crime violence aggression and you know i had to kind of wonder when if if chip is probably the person that ends up in control post destruction of the entire world because everything is run by uni well what happens (laughs) you know how's he going to feed everyone and how will he keep order and you know i don't see any plans there he just wants to destroy what's there i I don't think he is going to take over because um i i think you know what's going to happen is they're all going to end up like mallorca or uh, you know it's all going to end up like the island Little isolated communities. Yeah, and and it's going to become completely stratified immediately. Right, but that's a hard sell to people who are used to living with, you know, totally completely peaceful society. As far as they knew. <laughs> did you did you finish listening to that YouTube video I sent Mm-mm. you? Okay, well, that 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 series it's about uh, it's a libertarian podcast, and um, I've heard them review other. Uh, books like the the Syndic, which is by C.M. Cornbluth, which is about a future society that is run by the mob, hmm. and um, <laughs> which is which is you know it, it also won a Prometheus Award. The Prometheus Award, which is one of the ones, uh, I guess, the award that this book won, yes, is basically given because people consider uh, some element to of the novel to have some sort of libertarian element. Yes. It's it, the award is given by the libertarian futurist society mm-hmm. for books who examine the meaning of freedom. Right. And the, mm-hmm. I think this does examine the, the meaning of freedom. Mm-hmm. What's funny about that show is that at the end of every show, the, the guy who's reviewing it, he just gives a complete summary of the plot. And then, well, first he gives like a background for the author, how they connect to Anne Rand. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, Ira Levin was ne- never a member of the, of the Anne Rand circle. However, he did meet her on occasion. It's like, but he didn't obviously didn't read her book because blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but at the end, he, he goes on to explain how the book is not ideologically pure. <laughs> and he's like, well, yeah, he's not really giving you an answer. It's, Maybe that's it's not what he was things, trying to do. Building things up and then mm-hmm. tearing things down, yeah. Well, it's four mm-hmm. ideologies combined. Well, that's kind of, I think, what's supposed to be going on. But really, the only thing they took from Christ is 
he's the Prince of Peace, right? That you should turn the other cheek and stuff like that. He, they didn't like mine is the kingdom of heaven and you can only go to heaven through me. Right. So they only kept the parts of Christ that they, they wanted to keep. And Marx, um, you know, I guess this is, uh, from each according to his abilities, uh, yeah. to each according to his needs, right? Because when, when the computer chooses your job for you, it's presumably doing that be, for the, it knows you maybe better than you know yourself. And it is, is, um, going to help the society most. We don't need 40 more, uh, you know, singers. We need more plumbers or whatever it is. Um, so I think that there's that way we know a little bit about it. He says he was addressing the chemotherapists. When Wei addressed the chemotherapists or something like that. And so he's like, he's all about drugging the people. What Wood is about, we don't really, I don't think we get much. We'd have to work pretty hard to figure out what Wood is up to. Because he's almost completely isolated. Although we know the other three were sacrificed, right? According to the child's rhyme. Mm-hmm. Christ, Marx, Wood, and Wei led us to this perfect day. Marx, Wood, Wei, and Christ, all but Wei were sacrificed. Wood, Wei, Christ, and Marx gave us lovely schools and parks. Wei, Christ, Marx, and Wood made us humble, made us good. Hmm. Catch hmm. It is. Yeah. And there's a, an element to it that you don't discover until the end, not just about these rich people that get everything that no one else gets. But one thing they're also getting is genetically engineered parts. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was kind of shocking because it didn't seem to fit within the society that the rest of the people lived in. No. Um, like Wei himself is now in a track R's body with his own head. <laughs> right? Yep. And he's he's two he's more than two hundred years old. Which is I think, I guess. Um, what, what, what do you think about the um, the age thing? Because I thought that was quite interesting. So, in the process of of uh, Lee growing from a child to becoming an ad, uh, adult, things actually do improve in the society, uh, at least in a couple of ways. One of the ways that they improve is the life expansion. Life. Um, you get, you can now grow to from 62 before you die to 62.4. Hmm. It's not much of an improvement, but it is an improvement. The, the televisions become like, I don't know, flat screens or something. Um, because when he's a kid, they take time to, to warm up and then, you know, later on they're better. Um, so there is some sort of technological pro- progress or at least, uh, technological progress and also the lifespan is increased but we we also know that the life like they kill you at 62.4 right right the the last injection you get is you know full of fatal yeah um mm-hmm. so what what do you think about that well i mean you know it's a hard one because in a, they make the point that yes for some people they could have lived longer but look at all these other people that would have died younger mhm <laughs> Well, I, I think it's pretty impressive that nobody dies until 62, like, unless mm-hmm. it's like in a fatal, you know, car accident or something, right? They, they don't die from any diseases. So what they're saying at, at 62, um, 
they kill you because at that that's the point where you you become a net loss to the society. Yeah. Um, and we kind of, you know, we shy away from that. But um, it's it, in Canada, you know, that's what they are always worried about is the cost of cost of health care for, uh, you know, the baby boomers. There's going to be more baby boomers pushing the uh, the age up. That means the cost is going to go up. What are we going to do about that? Except you kind of have to think that if they have advanced medically so well that no one dies of disease and they can control who has children and how many are born, um, it seems like the diseases of aging wouldn't be as big of a problem either. I think it's really more about just, I don't know, just keeping the number even. Yeah, <laughs> how many people they can support. Yeah. Well, the, uh, they the can have a diet too. Like yeah. The, the well, that's right. The total yeah. cakes. Total cakes. <laughs> That's what we're having for lunch, right? Total cakes and, and Cokes. Well, it is the only thing on the menu. Maybe you can bake uh-huh. that out, Jen. <laughs> I'll give those out for the holidays. Other than the nursery rhyme, um, uh, I think there's a really other striking scene uh, or visual image is when he he's on holiday and he has, he spills his Coke on the leaf. And he looks at the sidewalk or I guess the cement where it was spilled and the leaf is, is covered in Coke and the sidewalk around it is covered in Coke. But the, when he pulls the leaf up, there's just the outline of the, of the, of the leaf there and not, not the leaf. Well, he finds it really striking and I find it striking too. But it isn't ever put into words why it is so striking. But I <laughs> like to try. Well, and it's the thing he remembers later. Yeah. When, well, when I, the drugs have. I thought that's how we got the. Up. Yeah, I thought that's how we got the idea to cover up his arm so that he wouldn't get drugged. Well, there is that, but I, I think that on top of that, it's it's about like coke. You know, is is like it's their drink, right? It's the so one of the surviving thing. It's a it's a happy thing. But it's also the only thing, right? There is no Pepsi, right? Um, everybody eats total cakes and cokes, um, and that's what they—they they broke open a coke as well, which was there's no you know, Dr Pepper. There's there is no Dr Pepper. That's right. But he he gets the idea, but also like the fact that when he lifts up the the Coke, it's, you know, full of cocaine or whatever it is, right? <laughs> Lifts it up and underneath there, it's, it's what, it's what he is, right? It, I think it works not just on the idea of covering up his arm to get, to refuse to get the drugs, but also like, it's like they are suppressed and covered up. And when you lift it away and you see nothing's there, right? It's just the shape of a man or something like that. It's a very profound image. Which is funny because it's, you know, it's about Coke and a leaf. Yeah, and I always ignore metaphor, so. Well, I, I don't know if it's a metaphor exactly, but there's something like that. It's a, I mean, he, a he, he, yeah, he treats it as a profound image, and I thought it was rather striking myself. Just as the rhyme is rather striking, I think. Hmm. Um, so do you think the grandfather was in a secret society like, um, like, uh, Chip becomes? 
No, I think he just had um, increased access because, you know, not that long ago when the book is set anyway, they'd had five different countries or nations or whatever. He helped build the computer that they built when they unified everything into one society. Right. So he actually knew that it existed. And no matter how much medication they had, he had apparently he hadn't forgotten. But I guess that is a good question. How how hadn't he forgotten? <laughs> well, it's not that it's not that you forget anything when you're on the drugs. You just don't find those you find those things to be wrong, right? Yeah. Um, it, it's almost like the drugs that they're getting are not um, they're not just tranquilizers. There's also some something like that makes you into a I don't know what's uh, there's a E. What's the drug E? Um, Ecstasy? Ecstasy, right. So when when you have ecstasy, how do you feel about everybody around you? They're wonderful! (laughs) Right? They're just like the most wonderful thing ever and you would do anything for them. Um, And so the the fact that you a minute ago were rebelling against the society uh, around them and, you know, feeling contempt, it's just, oh, those were terrible feelings. I was sick. Yeah. Um. I don't but, think the grandfather had the drugs, though. You think he... Well, he would have to be shaving. Um, he would have had to learn how to game the system. Yeah. No, I, and, think, and like, I think they say, might, like, uh, we don't worry about them because there's not enough to go around. You're right. There is that, yeah. Forgot about that. And Way also said at the end that if you're an athlete, um, people who do things that create, you know, normal, natural adrenaline don't need as many of the mood altering drugs so i think it's really dependent on the person and if you can demonstrate that they're like altering you negatively like he was able to do in the second part they don't give you as many anymore well um one of the one of the links i sent you while Tam was finishing the book jenny was about this um this thing called the influence machine which is is a psychoanalytic uh observation and essay Mm-hmm. Um, about how uh, people who are paranoid schizophrenics believe that some, sometimes they believe that there's a machine beyond how they can fully explain controlling them and and the people around them to try and make their brain uh, different. Um, and one of the things that's going on with... Uh, Story, there's a machine, right, that is making your brain different. But uh, one of the critiques uh, that p- people who people who are fighting against this, who have mental illness, they will say the guy's right, but it's television, right? It's television that's the machine that's influencing us. Um, and people are treated in the society. You know, you go to the lounge and you watch television, right? And the television shows are, it sounds like they just watch the same sort of revisionist history over and over again, right? They watch Mark's writing and uh, uh, there's not a lot about the story of Christ, I guess, because that would lead to too many questions. But when they go to the museum, they're like, they're not like, wow, this is interesting. They're like, wow, they had it terrible back then. We're lucky to live in our society today. There's no questioning, like, the, I don't think there's news reporting on, you know, 50 killed in a mysterious explosion at the airport, right? There's nothing like that. 
This is what caused the problems in the first place. It, it's very North Korea. You know, if you, they're not drugged there, but if you're surrounded by people who act like they're drugged, you, you pretty much have to pretend to be drugged or you're gonna, right? Do you remember when the last leader of North Korea died? There was like millions of people out in the streets crying. Hmm. And why were they out in the streets crying? Were they personally touched by his generosity? No, but maybe they think they were. So I think maybe like if the grandfather was not being heavily drugged, I mean, he obviously he was killed by the uh, he was he must have been getting treatments because he died from. Well, he died anyways. We know that. Well, maybe we don't know that. He, he was 62. He was reported to have died, yes. He was, I think he was on the job, maybe. <laughs> he, was, he was like a... Was he like a city engineer? Something like that? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so... Well, the, I, one of the things that made me think that maybe he was in a secure society, kind mm-hmm. of, was um, when they're touring the, the computer mountain, uh, the father... Of Lee says, um, how did you claim the ticket to come here? And he says, oh, I did it shortly after you. When when you go to the airport in this society, you just walk straight onto the airplane, right? There's no, you know, baggage check. There's no buying a ticket. You wouldn't go onto the airplane if you didn't get your claim in. Mm-hmm. And so when they when there is no extra seat that one time when Lee does it. Um, they sort of make do, but it, it almost could be like there are people like uh, that. We, we know there must be other people going to the other islands, right? With the, with the boats on the beaches. It's, it's very, um, it's very much, I think, about mental illness too, this book, because they're always being told they're sick and then they get fixed and then they go off their meds again. And they start thinking the same old thoughts, right? And they think the, dr- the doctors are trying to kill them. And really, I mean, the society isn't that bad. I mean, it's terrible in a certain way, but there's not a lot of violence, right? The, there's no uh, people lording it over you that you know of. Right, because they control you before that's needed. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, you know what it made me think of? What's that? It's probably just from my own upbringing. Um, well, if you replace sickness with sin, mm, interesting. You can see the entire novel as being about religion if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. That is interesting, and not because Christ is mentioned, but the the way that people are controlled and the way people are have to work all the same. Not that all religion is like that, but well, there is a confessor you go to and say, you know, how are you feeling today? Have you done uh-huh. sinning? Have you thought of and, bad thoughts? And that person is the person who decides what happens to you after that. That's right. And they do but, call each other brother and stuff. That's yeah. Well, that whole family thing is pretty family. Yeah. Yeah, pretty incestuous right. too. And there's this expectation that not only will you self-report, but that you'll report on everyone around you. And it's, and that's not something that people get angry about. They thank each exactly other. Right. <laughs> no, thank uni. <laughs> yeah, thank uni. They're all snitches. Mm-hmm. Well, they, it is. It, they are all snitches on each other, um, but it, it because of the the effect of the drugs like, or the treatment, um, they, they can put on this. They they actually feel that way, right? I think 
Mm-hmm. I mean, we only really get inside a couple of people's heads. But even remember when the when Lee's a kid and they first discover sex, um, they're like, everybody's talking about sex at school. It's very exciting. <laughs> it's it, it, that's the opposite of sin, right? Mm-hmm. Sin deals with sex. I mean, I think it, one of the most striking things is just the fact that that Lee says he said a bad word. It starts F and it ends T. And I was like, what word is that? <laughs> like, oh, yeah, it's fight. F-I-G-H-T, right? Oh, my God. No, don't say it. Say the F word. Yeah. And then when when right. it comes to fucking, they, they think fucking is wonderful. Right? Everybody loves fucking. Let's fuck. Why don't you... Why don't we just fuck? Stop talking about this. Uh, whether what job I want to cho- choose. And hate yeah, is a and bad word too. Hate, yeah, that's that's like shit. Saying shit, right? I think the the funny thing about this getting a libertarian award is that, in my opinion, anyway, and it could just be the negative view of Rand. <laughs> mm-hmm. I tend to think of that, and not libertarianism, but. What is her philosophy called? Um, objectivism. Objectivism as being very highly selfish. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> but I mean, in this even, society, yeah. um, you know, when they're arguing about the reason that they control these people is because without it, they become selfish. This is how what Way says to Chip near the end. I'm going to mm-hmm. see if I can find it. Oh, Chip asked him, well, why can't the family make its decisions itself? Because obviously these upper echelon people do. Mm-hmm. And Way said, because it's incapable of doing so. You had a sample on your island. It's mean and foolish and aggressive, motivated more by selfishness than by anything else. Selfishness and fear. That's what happens when people are untreated. And so... You know, they're trying to get people not to be selfish, at least to control them. And that just seems kind of opposite of what Ayn, Ayn Rand would say. Well, but, well, but then but in the I end, think, Way says, exactly. I did it for the joy. So he's being selfish himself. Yeah. Like right before. Yeah, I guess he, since he's the number one, maybe he's the one that gets to be selfish in that philosophy. And he, because he's smarter than everyone else, he gets to control them. I guess maybe it, it is, is consistent. Their, it is their Galt's Gulch, really, right? Is living yeah. that thing. However, um, I think that that, that is, is, I mean, it's not overtly, we're not supposed to sympathize with the regular people. We're supposed to sympathize with the main character. Yeah, it doesn't work for and, me, though. <laughs> well, yeah, but as, as the main character, what does he do at the end? Is he overturns this, this, uh, top down, uh, controlling society and he's, he knows it's going to end up being more like the island, but he thinks essentially that's a good thing. Um, and uh, I mean, that's, that island is much more like our reality than the reality outside the island, right? We don't really live that way. No. Yeah, it, it hates immigrants. It has a dictator. <laughs> Sounds like ours. Yeah, and you know, you, there's people who drink too much and smoke too much, right? I mean, the, the whole thing with smoking was was interesting because smoking is bad for you, right? It would be a good idea to to get people not to smoke. Well, if you want to live to 62. <laughs> That's right. You have to got, get people to stop smoking because it, it hurt. I mean, it slows down the efficiency of the society. And and drinking is the same way. Um, but on the other hand... Uh, Even the programmers were drinking and smoking like crazy. That's right. And so that uh, we knew, uh, like I, I figured pretty much <laughs> this guy's going to overturn this society as soon as he starts seeing all the gold pipes and 
uh, and, you know, the luxuries, the silk clothing and all that stuff, because uh, we can't sympathize with that when we've been told for our entire lives that we're all equal and everything should be distributed. Th- those perks that come with being in the programmer class are are programmed, they're being programmed against that in the regular society, right? They're being yeah, told. It seems very hypocritical. It's totally hypocritical, but that's okay because now you've proved yourself to have the merit that in part that I think that's part of the fantasy of, of libertarianism there is that it is. in any, uh, any society that was truly free, uh, you, this su- the unrecognized Superman who's being oppressed by the socialist government would be, um, in charge, right? But it completely ignores the fact that there are lots of other people who uh, pro- either feel the same way and who aren't going to be in charge because not everybody can be, or that maybe they don't want to be in charge. They just want to have a nice life and not have people bothering them. So I think that you can see why libertarians like it because it's a dystopia for libertarians that is overturned, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they also have the pleasure of having a gulch, gulch point where they can lord it over everybody else and say, we've got our magic superpower stuff that, you know, uh, if you, if you look at the, the plot mechanisms going on in, um, uh, what's, what's Enran's big book? Not the Fountainhead, the other one. Anthem. And, no, no, no. Anthem's a short one. The Fountainhead. No. Fountainhead's about a, about architecture. Atlas Shrugged. Oh. Atlas Shrugged. Okay. Oh. So. In that one, there's a whole bunch of tech that the brilliant libertarians have, right? Like the reared in metal, right? And there's a bunch like they have like unlimited energy supplies or something like that as well that they can just like magically get, even though it's never explained. Um, well, that's kind of true here with the, uh, with Way, right? Way's got med tech that nobody else has. He has, um, they don't have any scarcity problems when it comes to wine or uh, silk or gold or anything like that. So there, there's that fantasy element there too. Right, and if you take it a little step further, if you're drugging people and getting them to do exactly what you need them to do for you to have a good life, you've basically turned almost everyone into a machine. Yeah, uh, th- there's a couple other things going on there too, like the the fact that they're they're basically children, right? Yeah. That they never women never develop breasts, right? And ma- males uh, uh, never grow beards, right? And you have to be selected to reproduce, so that means, you know, they're only allowing that to happen to certain people. Yeah. And when Lilac first meets Chip, she tells him that there will be days when he'll hate them mm-hmm. because. Um, trying to find. Oh yeah, there'll be days when you hate us for waking you up and making you not a machine. Machines are at home in the universe. People are aliens. Mm. Nice line. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I think. I think also, you know, that horrible rape scene that happens that you can sort of see coming mm-hmm. because um, you know he's got that gun. He's forcing her to go somewhere she doesn't want to go. She's, She's the only person alive with breasts. Yes. <laughs> Um, well, he can't let it go. <laughs> well, the but the thing is, is he 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 is right in a certain way. She, when she's not under the influence of drugs, she will want to go with him to that island. 
Um, and she does. She cha- eventually changes her mind. But notice she gets really angry at him, uh, in part maybe because he raped her, which is a good reason enough. But also she she believes that, you know, that he betrayed her, right? Uh, betrayed mm-hmm. um, the guy who hung himself, uh, King. That that thing that they have in this in a society free of drugs is jealousy, right? Massive amounts of jealousy and and uh, hatred and and you don't you know they're they're much more free lo- like genuinely free loving right when they're under drugs and when they go to a society of undrugged what happens is is people are the men are trying to control women's bodies a lot more right and so there I mean there is a hell of a lot of negatives to the drugged up society but they're kind of dealing with real actual you know issues of war like people do try and destroy the world and fuck people over um so that they can have more stuff and uh, access to more sex even remember when they get to the uh to the gulch gulch place um they have an orgy right they have food and and he he has two women right and then he says two daughters to yeah, to way he says, um, uh, way says, oh, well, it won't be like that every time. <laughs> it's like okay, so it's like the 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 regular society is trying to make everything equal and fair, right? It's it's kind of like the perfect. Everybody's supposed to be the perfect child to listen to the father, uh, which is a computer, I guess, and. You know, not fight with your brothers and sisters. Be gentle and sharing, right? You can have one of those and they can have one of those. But you can't have one today because you had one yesterday. And you should talk to your counselor because you're being a little bit grumpy right now. And, and you know, <laughs> and when you're a kid and, you know, something bad happens at school, you're, you should confess to your parents, we think, right? And tell what went on. And that other kid should get in trouble too. And everybody should find out everything. And so that transference of, of the society from an adult society on the island to the childlike society where there's no violence and there's no, there's no, um, unfairness. I mean, I'm not sure which is the dystopia exactly more. I, I have a leaning, but they're, it's not ambiguous either. They're both ambiguously dystopic right it's trade-off it's like what do you well just what do you what do you prefer choice or efficiency (laughs) you could say on the the, uh, drug people are well-behaved children that don't misbehave Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the people on the island i mean some of them were reasonable right um, and some of them weren't. When when we first find out that uh, the what's the the oh, I can't remember the trader's name. He's not really a trader though, right? Um, he's on the island and he's he's operating as a spy. Mm-hmm. And he says, "You can't be you can't be a spy for for the society for the family because there's no way to drug you. You don't even have a a wristband, right?" And he he says, "Oh, that's." <laughs> You don't understand. There's there's something else outside of that, and I think that that's a really interesting turn because we really don't have a uh, 
a sense that that exists. I, I didn't re- I didn't completely remember that from the original reading back in I guess the late eighties or not, early nineties. I, I think this is a very powerful book. It's not. Yeah, there's a lot to think about in there. It's. I mean, it's not as. You know, it's not 1984. Um, but it's it, more Animal Farm. <laughs> That's yeah, what I kept thinking. You're about. right. It is a bit of Animal Farm. It's. Yeah. Al- it's also. I mean, it's. It's. I think it's as interesting as we. Mm-hmm. And. Um, I think it has a better plot than. Um, Brave New World dealing with similar things, but I kind of want to read Brave New World again because of having read this. Have we ever done a read-along of that? No. I'd love to reread it. It's funny because when I think about it, I don't remember a plot at all. I just remember some of the details about the world. Yeah, the plot is really boring and stupid, actually. Um, And and actually, boring, stupid, and depressing, which which is sad because the world is fascinating. And mm. and the you know the scenes there's some fascinating scenes as well, but yeah this one has a much I, I think you know Levin is a good writer here he's got a he really allows the plot to flow yeah, it's very it's very plot but it's got a really good pace too and you sort of don't know what's going to happen next. Um, yeah, but, I was interested like all the way to the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it has a very opposite ending from 1984. Mm. And I kind of expected it to end the way more 1984 did. But I guess that's kind of how it ended at the end of part two, where he's back in the system, he's back mm-hmm. in the drugs, back being a, you know, follower. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that this, this is, um, it, it is neglected in the, there is a genre of dystopian novel that, you know, fits in with We and Brave New World in 1984. And This Perfect Day, I think, is is perfectly in there. I was thinking of Planet of the Apes and Logan's Run when I was reading this. Well, Logan's Run seems like it's a ripoff of this, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, it's very uh, similar. Uh, it's it's kind of similar, yeah. The, one of the other links I sent you, Jenny, while Tam was finishing the book, was for this role-playing game that came out in 1984, which I... Don't think I ever played, but I knew everything about because they, my friends were talking about it. Oh, Paranoia is a role-playing game. I thought it was just an entry on Paranoia. <laughs> no, no. It's a role-playing game about you live... I'll just read the description here. It's really funny. Paranoia is a dystopian science fiction tabletop role-playing game originally designed by blah, 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 blah. Paranoia is notable among tabletop games for being more competitive than cooperative, with players encouraged to betray one another for their own interests, as well as keeping a lighthearted tongue-in-cheek tone despite its dystopian setting. The game is set in a dystopian future, which is controlled by an artificial intelligence constructed construct called the computer, and where information, including game rules, are restricted by security clearance. Players are initially enforcers of the computer's authority and will be given missions to seek out and eliminate threats to the computer's control. The players are also part of prohibited underground movements and will have secret objectives, including theft from, and murder from other players. Several editions of the game have come out, blah, blah, blah. What's funny about it is, is it, it has all the elements of all the sort of dystopian secret society things like 1984, Brave New World, uh, THX 1138, you know, Logan's Run, and... And it's, it, 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 it's like the computer's insane, right? So no matter what happens, you're, you're screwed. Uh, 
Um, and unlike most games, it has sort of a uh, computer game element where you know you have extra lives. So you will like in H.P. Lovecraft games, uh, the Call of Cthulhu game, you're pretty much going to go insane by the end of the game. Um, and you, you have to start with a new character next time. In this one, you have six lives because you are a clones. And so you'll like do something and then the computer will kill you. And so you, oh, here's another clone. <laughs> so you can keep playing even though it's, it's, it's like a crazy version of all of those dystopian things. It sounds like fun. It totally sounds like fun. Now, I'm not a gamer, but I might decide to be one for that. <laughs> and well, the good news is, uh, just finished kickstarting successfully is a new version that makes the rules even simpler. It only uses six sided dice. Um, and they use cards, which is, uh, part of the way of keeping, cause you have secret, you know, abilities and secret, uh, you're part of secret society. So you've got like a, some cards you're given or choose at the beginning of the game that only you can see. Um, and it says, you know, you are part of an underground movement to overthrow the computer. And then you have another card that says, you are part of an underground movement designed to support the computer by overthrowing the group that's designed to overthrow the computer. So you're a spy, but you're also a spy <laughs> in your own thing. And then, you know, you're a mutant also, and you have to keep that information away from the computer, um, <laughs> lest you be deleted because you have bad genes, right? So uh, it, it's that element. And on one of the six-sided dice, apparently, they've got, instead of, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, it's one, two, three, four, five, computer, and mm. if, the, if the computer one comes up, you die because the computer this determines you're insane. It's funny. I like how the first edition of this came out in 1984. It's exactly the right year for it. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's what it says. So, so, you, so you guys both did the audiobook? No, I read the book. I read the audiobook, but I did the book for the blind version. Oh, okay. Not the, not the uh, uh, most current release. Which one did you do, Tim? I actually got the ebook, and then uh, the Kindle app on the iPhone actually tells you how much longer each chapter is and how much time it will take you to finish the whole book. So you must have stopped and had breakfast. Uh, well, yeah, well, I ate and read at the same time. Yeah, because it told you how much time you had, and then it took longer. I just thought, I know, is it, it scientific enough? Well, it's, it's a little, it's a little uh, inaccurate. Yeah. It's fun. Well, well, there, was a, there was a little friction there. <laughs> so at, right before the rape scene, they actually talk about rape. And then in the book, the word rape is in uh, quotation marks. Was rape like some kind of a made up what? word when it first came out? No. I just thought that was strange. Mm. It's not in quotation marks in my print book. I don't think. Oh. That's weird. Um, other... Other societies that are like this, uh, I guess the Matrix is kind of like this. Absolutely. Gattaca. Like, do you want to know versus? Mm-hmm. I was going to say yeah. soil and green, going back to the seventies or eighties. Well, see, I think that that's what if you if you don't have the computer right running things, you end up with soil and green society. Is the idea? Didn't they it's, have like uh, programmed times when you were going to die? Or yes. Um, yeah. Except you didn't, uh, you know, you didn't know you were going to be recycled into food. Right. The the um, movie Gattaca. You guys seen that movie? It's a great movie. Yeah, a long time ago. 
Jenny? I don't think so. Oh, you should definitely see it. I mean, it's not Star Wars, so it's not epic in the same that everybody knows it. But it's a, about a future society where um, you have to hide your genetic flaws. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this and, one guy gets his legs uh, lengthened, and it's a painful process. Mm-hmm. Because if 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 people know you've got a genetic flaw, you you're sort of downgraded in society. Um, and it's a detective story. It's a mystery, murder mystery sort of thing. I also have never seen Logan's Run. Well, Logan's Run has aged quite badly in a number of respects. But um, if you don't look at the visuals of it, it, it actually is it's, it's quite a good plot because it has a very similar feel to this. And in, in that one, instead of 62, it's age 30. So as soon as you turn 30, there's, you've got a little, instead of having a wrist bracelet, you've got a uh, little chip implanted in your hand. And it starts flashing red when your your time is up, and you have to go to quote unquote get renewed, which really means just eaten. Yikes! Yeah, yeah. it's kind of a pop classic. I saw that in the theater. It's 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 very much worth watching, but it it visually it's it's quite dated. Right. I mean, when I saw it as a kid, I thought the visuals were amazing, but not by today's standards. Mm. Um, also, uh, I've talked about it before on the podcast. I don't know if you guys were on. Um, there's a movie called Colossus, The Forbin Project, which is based on a novel called Colossus, The Forbin Project. <laughs> um, have you heard of it? Mm-mm. I okay. saw it as a kid on TV. Yeah, it's very, it's very good. It's about a, it's, it's, it's basically, uh, like, uh, Way or Wood putting the computer together, it, except the guy's name is Forbin. And he puts the computer together, and it's going to take control of the U.S. missile system in case uh, the Russians attack. It'll automatically launch its missiles at Russia. Hmm. And as soon as they finish putting the computer together, which is called Colossus, which is under a mountain, you know, uh, in the same way that it is in this book, um, it immediately says there is another entity or something like that and finds out that the Russians are working on the same project. Um, and the two computers get together and, and, uh, they launch nuclear missiles at, uh, each other's countries so that, um, they can be unified. <laughs> um, and then it's basically at the end of the movie, the computer's taken over the world. The, that's what we don't get in the sense that the computer's actually running things as much, but it's the same idea except the computer. It's a very good movie. Uh, dated, but very good. There's uh, another one, Equilibrium. Have you seen that one? I'm not a big fan of it. Mm-mm. Yeah, I saw it. What did you think of it, Tam? I I, I thought the uh, action scenes were really good. They have like this um, focus is on karate, action. division of karate uh, based on guns. Yeah, kar- gun karate basically. Yeah, gun kata. <laughs> yeah, not not great, but it is about a emotional uh, control. I think. Uh, totalitarian government requires all citizens take daily injections of prosium to suppress emotion and encourage obedience. So not a great movie, I would say. Um, not based on a novel either that I know of. Um, but and that's with Christian Bale from, uh, yeah, it, it, it should be good, but I didn't find it to be particularly wonderful. But um, I, I, I think this book is well worth reading again. I, I, I think I would wait another 10 years and read it again because it, it's, it's got a lot of interesting – it's got a 
real interesting arc to it. It really allows you to live in that horrible world. Yeah, I liked the four parts. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really effective. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know that it's got a, I don't know if that rape scene is gratuitous or not. Um, it's certainly disturbing, but um, there are a couple. I mean, one of the things that is striking to me is that, you know, there are no. The women, they don't get the the hero names, right? They don't get the Marks, Way, Wood names. They get mm-hmm. Peace, Anna, Mary, and one other one, I think. Can't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, so women, I mean, this is, it, it feels like it's dated in the sense that it was written in 19, I guess, probably written in the 60s. If if it it's got sort of the free love thing, but it doesn't really have women's liberation as a as a um I don't know. It, it's probably because it was written by Ira Levin, you know, a guy from that time period. But I'd love to see sort of a book like this from today. Because I think it it would clarify a lot of the the issues that I see sort of in the background going on here. It's very male-oriented, right? The, the female characters are basically there for sex. Yeah, and that's kind of ironic, really, because most communist, Marxist societies tend to be pretty gender-neutral. Yeah, well, yeah, but I think that the, the, especially the world outside of the family is, you know, women are there for sex. In in the family, um, he's recruited by a woman, right? And she wants him for sex, which right. is, which is, I guess, a male fantasy as well. But yeah, um, <laughs> well, and I guess um, they're they're still pretty close to the pre uni world because they talk about it all the time, and they know at least what they're told about it. You know, it's definitely not the whole truth, probably. But yeah, um, so I mean, I I can understand that that they're still kind of perpetuating some of what that world was like because they haven't successfully cut off uni from the rest of history and the rest of the world. I could see how in a few generations they could have easily done that, but it's in actual memory for some people. Let me, let me ask Maybe you Maybe they this. did it on purpose so they could uh, recruit new programmers. Let me ask you this, Jenny slash Tam. Mm-hmm. If you were in the society and you were if you found out what was going on in the in the tower, uh, you know, in the mountain uh, and over on the island, which which of those three societies would you want to live in? And and if you didn't want to live in them, would you overthrow it as our hero does? Cam? Um, I guess I would overthrow it with as little risk to me as possible. <laughs> Jenny? Well, it's it's a hard one, isn't it? Because I think the the most difficult thing in any society is to keep getting mad and to keep being proactive about things. Like I think about this in regards to Ferguson and all the stuff mm-hmm. that's going on right now. Yeah, totally. Where you can already see that people are getting kind of tired of it. Yeah. You know, like are we done talking about this yet? Or um, I mean, that's not how I feel. I hope it doesn't it, affect the Christmas tree lighting. Uh, yeah. Like, how dare they affect our Christmas shopping on Black Friday? You know, all the protests that happened that day. I mean, there is that kind of 
momentum from society as a whole of like, don't make too much of a big deal of any of these things. Can't we just, you know, pretend it's all okay when we know it's not okay. And, you know, even in part three, Chip was getting mad at the people who already were off of the medication. Like you guys are just adjusting to the Island. You're accepting it. You have to keep fighting. You know, he's like giving this big drunk speech about fighting, Mm -hmm. but I felt the same way. I felt that way about my own society. Like it's just so easy to roll over. Mm. It's also exhausting to fight. (laughs) King is King. You know, he kills himself because the alternatives are not great. And like he knows about the Island. He knows that he could go there, but he just wants to smoke his cigarettes and kind of be a rebel in the background. And, you know, uh, and lorded over sort of the the fools all around him. That right. doesn't seem like a, a entirely well. Maybe it is viable, at, at least as long as you know we are all going to die. So would you would you go for ways uh, having your body replaced? Just keep your old gray head. Well, you have to get you know special enough to end up there. I think that what King does is probably most what I would do. Most, uh, most I close to what I would do. Where, cause yeah, because it's not always about the immediate violent action, right? Because you're most likely to be overthrown doing something like that. But what about the secret um, sleeper spies or the, the long con or something like mm-hmm. that? That seems like it would be more effective in the end. And I can't help but think that if there were more people like King within the society, effectively changing it and kind of sabotaging it. Um, I don't know. I kind of liked that idea. Yeah. Hopefully it, uh, gr- it grows viral and then there's no way to put it down. Well, the, the thing though is that with the, with the treatments, right? The, pe- the people, you know, who you, you, you know, you convinced on their last day before treatment and then they come out and they're like, no, that guy was wrong. He's sick. Oh, so frustrating. Wouldn't it be? It's oh, just... very, I mean, you can see the contempt sort of building up. I I really love that there's this massive time period between when he's he's finally brought back into the family and then when he's, you know, he's had several years go by and he's like going through a parade holding up a sign saying, you know, Marx is great or oh no, it was way was great, right? And and then he's got this name running through he says, "What's that name? What was that from?" Oh, yes. Hmm. Right, that other life I used to have, and it sort of gets him down that. It's in the two worlds of the island and and the family. There's almost like which you know we we're told that the island is a prison, but really the whole family is a prison too, right? There's everybody's a guard snitching on everybody else, and the computer, I guess, is is the one who facilitates that. Um, but it is a society run by the inmates, right? It's like a mental asylum run by, (laughs) there's no doc, everybody's a doctor and everybody's a patient. And that is quite disturbing. And then the island, I mean, it is a little bit like a freewheeling, horrible, um, but not so horrible place. Yeah, it depends on if you look at it from the perspective of it being an incurable island or set up intentionally as a way to control the people that are going to fight. It's, Keep them helpless and harmless. It, it makes me think of, um, you know, the uh, the Cuban uh, refugees fleeing Castro, right? They go to the Florida 
and they they're living in this society because they got to go back and overthrow you know the the mindless uh you know they have to do the bay of pigs invasion because they have to overthrow the mindless uh, government um and communists it 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 really is about our world in a lot of ways this book it, and listening to that guy talking about the book it's like well yeah you're you read the book i guess but your ideology is clouding you to the fact that when you read this book any ideology you have should just be like thrown to the dirt and say well that didn't work i don't know what to think now i'm just have to keep reading other books you know, the funny thing is that I just started thinking about, you know, you were talking about that um, schizophrenia TV focus, mm-hmm. you know, and then, of course, this guy's writing this way before the Internet and social media and everything. Mm-hmm. But in some ways, I feel like we do this in Facebook in particular. Mm-hmm. You get upset about something and Facebook becomes your island. It's like ah. your Mallorca where you post something and then you feel like you've done something ah. when what you've done is nothing. Yeah, totally. But most of the people that react in that way, they wouldn't know what to do in an actual revolution. They wouldn't know how to like walk down the street and make something happen. And so you kind of have to wonder, like, is this our control in our society? Because, you know, in other places, people use Twitter to organize revolutions. Mm-hmm. And I just, I mean, you saw it happening a little bit the day after Thanksgiving this year, but for the most part, people are more happy to be passive and to pretend that they care by dumping a bucket of ice over their head oh my God. or by posting something, but that's the extent of it. And that's where it ends. Nothing changes. Yeah. Well, maybe it's just not bad enough to change, right? How bad does it need to be? <laughs> I guess, I mean, it's bad enough for some people. In you know Ferguson, uh, you know, it's it's bad enough. New York, yeah, I guess. Well, and yeah, I mean, I don't want to come across as completely paranoid and crazy, but I think that feeling okay about it is part of the point. Well, yeah, and when will we get to the family? Right? It, it seems like we're not on that path. This this book feels alien. Yeah. In that respect, I mean, at the time the book was written, uh, that was the goal of uh, global communism was to make everybody uh, communist, right? And get get uh, you know the workers liberated, and you know each according to his needs and each according to his ability. I mean, there's value in in those ideas, but but it when you look up in close, like a lot of times the. the the runners of those societies are uh, living the high life and not following their own rules. Right, because as soon as someone's running it, the ideology isn't there anymore. That's what, what was so, I mean, when reading this book, I had forgotten about Way. You know, I would forgotten about the ending. And so <laughs> I, 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 I was getting a hint of it near the end. But in the middle, I was like, wow, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be interesting if there wasn't uh, somebody lording it over you secretly, you know, that is secretly manipulating. If it all was, you know, if, if, if we are all being treated equally and we're all not fighting with each other and fucking is a good word and fighting is a, is a hated word. Um, you can go to the library and claim your charcoal and, you know, writing book. If the computer says yes, but it knows best. 
right? I mean, there is there is this, you know, father knows best sort of thing. We kind of sometimes we are wrong about our our stuff, and um, it, it occurs to me that it occurs to me that if 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 the people who are cured, um, you know, there's the regular people walking around who don't need you know who don't need medical attention for their mental illness, but then there's some people who do. Yeah. Right. And he's our main character. Uh, I don't think he's schizophrenic, um, but it's certainly he's he's treated like he is. And he's yeah, I mean, the the people who go and, you know, blow up airports like these guys are doing, not for exactly ideological reasons, but for. You know, they, they haven't got a specific ideology in mind uh, other than we don't like the system. Um, those pe- Aren't those people crazy? Shouldn't we treat them with love and not throw them into a, a dungeon? Or maybe they're the people paying attention? Yeah. Or, or able to pay attention because they're, uh, they're not pacified by what's on television or whatever. It's a hard one. Very hard one. Uh, that's why I like this book. It makes me think real mm-hmm. interesting thoughts. People only want you to think for yourself when it doesn't affect them. That's true. <laughs> this has been the SFF Audio Podcast. Please join us at www.sffaudio.com. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. I do think we Luckily. should do Brave New World. I think we should put it on the schedule right now. And and it's follow-up. There's like a, another one after that, what? I remember. I read, and I, I'd never heard of it. And I was like, I what is this? Revenge I have of the to brain. find it. <laughs> the Brave Old World? I can't remember. You know, there's called. a new book by the guy that wrote Planet of the Apes. I saw it in the bookstore. Yarbul. Yeah.